Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this episode number 441, we are rewinding it back to 2015 to a conversation I had with Shauna Nequist. Wayne Muller wrote a book called On Being, Doing, and Having Enough. And it's, what a great title. And it's not, it's not a parenting book, but there's one line. It's like in the middle of a totally, a section that's completely not about parenting. And it says, uh, in modern parenting, we've uh, equated love with efficiency. Mm, And I read that line and cried. The reason I chose this conversation for right now, because actually Sean and I recorded it in March of 2015 is I feel like the topics we cover in this episode related to vulnerability, to friendship, to cultivating what matters, savoring what matters, setting good boundaries on your life is a message I know I need in this season of hustle and busy and crazy and just pushing in all the things to create these memories and actually missing the magical moments. So uh, this episode was about her devotional called Savor. And she has so many great quotable truths. And my most favorite advice for finding authentic, true friends is in this episode. So if you are looking at your 2024 and you're wanting to make that a priority in your life, investing in your friendships and how you do that, this is the advice for you. All right, let's get right to it. Here we go. Introduce everyone to your family. Yeah, so I am married to Aaron. He is a musician and a pastor uh, and a songwriter. And uh, we have two boys named Henry and Mac. Henry is eight and Mac is three and a half. And I love that. You know, I have a nine-year-old boy, seven-year-old boy, five-year-old boy, three-year-old boy. So I'm- Oh my gosh. Totally get the the boy house, you know, and bread and wine. We're talking about cooking with Batman. Yes. Totally. (laughs) Cooking, making cookies with Batman. Yeah. So- um. You know, for anyone listening who hasn't maybe read one of your books, um, I'll let y'all know that Sean has written several. She's written Cold Tangerines, Bittersweet, Bread and Wine, and her newest book is Savor. And I personally think the reason everyone's drawn to Shauna, um, besides her excellent writing, is her ability to just be real and to share honestly the hard things. I mean, I think a couple chapters in, you are just hitting it hard with a personal struggle with eating disorder and your past. And we love that. And so my question to you is, have you always been an open book, so to speak, or honest? Or is that a, a newer yeah. thing in your life? Or No, totally. That. It's um, I'm like, just if you know me in real life, I'm just a chronic oversharer. And I always have been. <laughs> okay. My husband, my husband's like constantly kicking me under, under the table, like, don't say that. <laughs> and, and I think some of it is so I'm a pastor's kid. And yeah. what that means is, first of all, it means someone else is telling funny stories about you when you have no way of controlling mm-hmm. that, right? Like yeah. pastor's kids are constantly being, and we joke about it in our family. I have a little brother. I mean, he's not little, he's 35, but um, he's <laughs> I like have six, a little brother. I yeah. have a 35 little brother. Yeah, totally. yeah he's totally. six one. So he's, yeah. he's not little, but um, he was, you know, the, the, the sweet, shy little son and every story about him, like they would hear his name and start to tear up like, Oh, this is going to be so sweet. (laughs) And then every story about me was about me getting in trouble. Like just ridiculous. Like, uh, 
So like they would hear my name and just start giggling like, oh, this is going to be a funny one. So I think I grew up without a tremendous sense of privacy anyway. Mm. Um, And then some of the writers that I loved most uh, that really shaped me, that really set me free, that really affected me in a deep way were the ones that said things like, oh my gosh, I did not think you could say that out loud. I didn't think you could say that in a book. I didn't think, you know, and I realized it, it, When somebody tells the truth about their life, especially kind of the ugly side, the hard side, the scary side, it sets you free to do the same. It's an invitation for you to live with that same vulnerability and courage. And um, that was a very deliberate decision uh, when I first started writing is, you know, because you can play it either way. You can either write a book that's essentially like a vanity project. Like no one's going to find out that I'm not really this great. (laughs) And I just tell them I'm amazing, right? Like, yeah, instead of all these philosophies and theories of how life should be. Totally. Why don't, yeah. why don't I just tell them how just truly yeah. spectacular I am, even though that's not true. Yeah. They won't know. Yeah. Or you can decide like, what if, if we're really going to do this, what if this book is essentially one invitation after another to tell the truth about who you are, to let God do his work in you in that vulnerability and to let you connect deeply with other people. So we went hard that way and <laughs> said, I'm not interested in people thinking I'm spectacular because I'm not. I'm interested in people feeling like I'm telling the truth and that that's an invitation for them to do the same. Well, and the irony is then that attracts people, right? Like yeah. some people aren't attracted to the shiny thing, you know? So we have enough of that. We live in a culture of shiny things. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, have you read, you've read Brene Brown, Staring Greatly. I love her. I'm a crazy <laughs> Brene Brown fan, a total huge fan. I love her. Yeah. And just, I mean, I think any uh, boss, teacher, parent, <laughs> pretty much if you're a human being, should read the book because it's so true. How do you have community? How do you have real relationships if you're not really being truthful about where you are? So if someone's sitting here listening and like, well, you know, it's really hard for me to tell my story. I don't really want to tell anyone my um, dark, yucky things. What advice? I know you said you grew up in a place of just openness, but as you've known people, as you've interacted with people, what has broken the barrier for them to start sharing? I would say um, start with a small group of people that you're investing in long term. Mm. So, and I think this is one of the funny things about friendship. So most people, at least, I don't know, my friends, we read books about how to make our marriages better or we go to marriage retreats. Um, We talk about how marriage is hard and it's something you have to work on, but we don't really talk about that in terms of friendship. We don't say like, man, Friendship is hard or it's something I have to work on or it's something I have to make a plan for. Like Mm -hmm. we make plans to improve our marriages. Mm -hmm. We make plans to get better as parents or or to become uh, better Christians or whatever. And I think it's worth making a plan to become a better friend and a better part of our communities. And so I would say like if you're a person who's like, listen, I don't have this kind of vulnerability in my life and I don't know what to do. I would say pick two or three people and give it once a week over the course of a year Mm. and invest very intentionally. And, and, you know, I always tell people like you start little, like you go to coffee with someone and and you gauge their willingness to enter in with you, but you have to start. A lot of people say, I wish my friendships were more vulnerable. Why aren't people being vulnerable with me? And I always say, you, you have to be the one to start it. So you go to coffee and you engage in a conversation, and then you take the risk of saying, you know what? One thing that's been hard for me this week is how my relationship with my mom is going, and it's one that's been really painful for me, and dot, dot, dot. You, you sort of wade in with some of the truth about your life, yeah. and then you gauge the way they connect with it. If they're like, oh my gosh, 
I actually don't have that same kind of relationship with my mom, but I totally get it because that's how it feels sometimes in my marriage or whatever. If they meet you there, Mm -hmm. then you keep going. If they're like, oh my gosh, is this latte so good? (laughs) You're like, I hear you loud and clear. You have given me the signal that you don't want to have that kind of relationship with me. That's totally fine. I've had that happen to me a million times when I've really tried to connect with someone and they've made it clear, like, no, that's totally not the way we're going to do this. That's okay. Um, But it's worth putting in having a plan and intentionally building those kind of relationships. That's really great advice. Really great advice. And, And even just stopping for a second to say, you know what? My relationship with my mom isn't great. And like being honest with yourself, like where are you in your season of life? You know, I... You, you know, with two boys, I have four boys. There's been seasons where I just wanted a girl. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. Like that ultrasound kept telling me as a boy. And I was like, okay, um, bows are not going to happen. No tights, no ballet classes. Never, totally. The Neverland. No sparkles. No sparkles. Yeah. And if I wasn't honest with that bothered me, I couldn't move forward, you know? Totally. I and couldn't I think- think about it, talk about it, share that with someone. And it's so important when, when you start telling the truth about your life, you realize we are all so similar. Mm. We're scared of the same things. We're hurt by the same things. We're thrown off by the same things. You know, for you to adore your boys and also really just want, you know, kind of let go of that dream of having had a girl, so human, so normal, right? Right. right. But if you don't say it out loud, you start to think like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me for thinking that? Nothing's wrong with you. When you you kind of tell the truth about the inside of your life, you realize you're not crazy. You're not alone. We largely feel and long for all the same things. It's it's so true. And, And the longing, so in your new book, Savor, living abundantly where you are, as you are, it's addressing that, right? This this longing for other things, but being okay with where you are right now. Totally. I think that's part of life. I think you, to, to articulate the things that are undone, broken, out of place, painful, and then also say, that's not the whole story. The other side of things, that there are things that are beautiful and whole and that I'm thankful for because I choose to be the kind of person that sees those things. I'm thrilled to get to connect y'all with Seven Weeks Coffee, whose mission is to provide world-class coffee and donate 10% of every sale to pregnancy centers. They have created in the last two years a nationwide pro-life coffee movement with over 35,000 plus Americans who are now drinking Seven Weeks Coffee. What's interesting is every customer is exactly how much they're donating. It allows customers to make a difference with their purchase because 10% of every sale can be upwards of 50% of the profits. Now, why is it called seven weeks? Because seven weeks is when a baby is the size of a coffee bean. It's also the same time a mother has their first ultrasound. And so that's why they donate to help support pregnancy care centers, ultrasound services. They are also the best coffee because it is organically farmed, pesticide-free, mold-free, sourced from the top 1% to 2% of coffee beans in the world. And it is direct trade coffee, which is the most ethical way to source coffee. They help the farmers and pay 300% more than what fair trade requires. They are so pro-life. They're pro-abundant life from the farmer to the mother. So when you drink Seven Weeks Coffee, you will be directly helping a pregnancy care center in need. Now you can have an impact, saving lives simply through your morning cup of coffee. How cool is that? We like to ask one question. 
will you let your coffee serve a greater purpose? So go to sevenweekscoffee.com. Use the code DMA for 10% off store-wide. Use that code DMA for 10% off store-wide at Seven Weeks Coffee. Okay, I'm sure there's a type A listener who, um, when we say savor or be fully present or, or just enjoy your season or be okay, that they're like, I struggle with um, being fully present. I am constantly thinking about the next thing. I'm thinking about control. I'm thinking about everything being just so and following the rule book. And it is like so out of the box for me to be fully present and savor what oh, I'm yeah. doing right now. So what advice would you give to that person? Like, where do they start? Well, num- number one, I would say, yeah, me too. You know, uh, I was reading some books recently on solitude and Sabbath, and mm-hmm. I realized I don't want to read a book written by a natural introvert about solitude and <laughs> Sabbath. Like, right? Yes, like, exactly. you were made for this stuff. This yes. is easy for you. Yes. You know, like, I, I, I don't want to take diet tips from someone who has never <laughs> struggled with their weight, right? right? Like, it just doesn't, I get it. But I want to know that you have, that this is, you had to learn this the hard way. Okay. So if I'm writing a book about slowing down, about choosing simplicity, about choosing to love what is instead of pushing and controlling and kind of manhandling your life into what you want it to be, the authority I have is I've done it the other way most of my life. Do you know what I mean? I'm a classic doer, controller, multitasker, try to get more done. I really did buy into the idea that if you do more, you will be more. Yeah. And there was, you know, um, Glennon Melton says that great line. There's no there, there. Like (laughs) what I thought I wanted, I thought it would make me full and happy and it made me tired and lonely. And so savor is a hard one way of living. Savor is something I learned the hard way through, uh, through doing it wrong most of my life. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. I think that sometimes we see the Shauna and she's like lovely and with her friends around the table and just enjoying life. And we don't see the journey, you know, in our mind, in our mind, we always compare our present with your perfection, right? Like our reality with your, your highlight reel, you know? And that's something I've, you know, that's something I've really had to fight for. I had to learn to slow down my life enough to gather the people I love around the table because the other way wasn't working. Mm. Uh, The other way made me too lonely and too tired and too disconnected and, and nobody's life. I mean, that's the thing, right? About the internet, about books, about nobody's life. uh, The the day-to-day of your regular life is never going to compare to the edited, filtered, beautiful version of somebody else's life. That's just a scam. That's just, that's just how the world is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking that with like this whole saver message, the, the barrier to it being the distraction of constant Instagram, constant, I love Instagram. It's like so great, but at the same time, I'm so missing enjoying my moment because I'm looking at her moment. Totally. And we, we talk a lot in, in our little community and in our family about taking pretty regular breaks uh, from the the world of beautiful internet, mm. you know, just to remind yourself that there's beautiful stuff right here. And it's, it's not actually beautiful. It's just mine. And that's what makes it beautiful. Yeah. Um, there's nothing about my day today that's like particularly spectacular, <laughs> but it's my day. It's my kids and it's my, you know, yeah. and I don't want to miss it because I'm tagging along with like my face pressed up against the glass of someone else's beautiful life. Yeah. 
So we, we take really regular breaks to just make sure we're living in kind of both feet on the ground in our regular world, uh, not too far into the internet world. So when you say words like, I'm, I'm going to come to the table, I'm going to take breaks, like what are some actual practical things that you've implemented in this journey to savor that we could learn from? Well, one of the biggest things is talking about it with my community. There's a lot of accountability then there. If I tell them, hey, listen, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to work as much as I have been working. I'm not going to you know, sign up for every last little thing at my kid's school. I'm not going to volunteer in a million different ways. Like I really kind of need to like lower it down and, and, and make my life intentionally a little bit smaller so that I can savor this life so that I can be really present in this season with my kids. Well, then when a friend says like, Hey, can you do this? A lot of times now they're like, no, 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 no. You cannot do this. I'm telling you that right now. Um, and I'm really thankful for that. I just last, uh, maybe two weeks ago, um, my girlfriends were coming over for a super, like super last minute, very low key play date. And I just like, oh, well actually, I mean, I have turkey and I've, I've beans and I have that. So like, how about I make tacos and I'll do this and da, 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 da. And one of the girls was like, slow your roll. <laughs> I'm bringing over frozen pizza. And if there are tacos, you're in trouble. Yeah. And I was like, thank you. Because yeah. I told you that I want to make it simpler. I told you I want to keep things easier. It's not in my nature. And so I sometimes need people to really help me to do that. And I'm really thankful for that. To set those boundaries. And totally. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. To choose. I, yeah, I feel, you know, so torn. We, we just came back from vacation. Um, and it was amazing to me just the amount of time because I wasn't cleaning, cooking, <laughs> doing laundry that I just sat with my boys. Like there was a moment we just, you know, we're still in the hotel room and we sat and watched Daniel Tiger's neighborhood and just like made funny jokes about the content of a tiger having a pet fish and like, we're just laughing together. And I don't do that in my daily life. I know vacations are special, but I thought, how do I do this? How do I bring this back with me? Because I want, I want to be there with my boys laughing. I want that memory, not me standing in the kitchen away from them while they're doing their thing. That's fun. And then I kind of yell at them to get along and then I go back to my thing. You know, totally. You know, we had a um, there's a great book. Wayne Muller wrote a book called On Being, Doing and Having Enough. And it's what a great title. And it's not it's not a parenting book, but there's one line. It's like in the middle of a totally a section that's completely not about parenting. And it says uh, in modern parenting, we've uh, equated love with efficiency. Mm, And I read that line and cried Mm. um, because I feel like I, I. I thought if I can keep them dressed and their nails clipped and their hair brushed and their uh, backpacks packed, and like like I'm I'm the I'm the project manager for their lives, right? Yeah. If I can keep them going to art class and get this and make sure Mackie has pull ups and da 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 da, da yeah. that they don't care. They right. could care less about that. They don't see that as present loving parenting. Yeah. What they see as present loving parenting is getting down on the floor and being with them is listening to their stories is, you know, holding hands is, you know, and so I'm working really hard to, to do the kind of parenting that matters to them and not as much the kind of parenting that matters to me. Um, and it's, you know, I don't get it right every time, but we had a, a moment this fall, we were playing Legos and 
Which Aaron and I so were fun. <laughs> we play a lot of Legos. There's Legos everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, and Aaron and I were asking Henry, our older son, like, okay, in this next season of our family, what are some of the things you want for our family life? Just in your own words. Like, That's a good and we gave him a whole bunch of different options and just said, but just anything, what would you like more our fam- for our family to spend more time doing? You know, do you want to go on more trips? Do you want to go to the city more often? Do you want to blah, blah, blah? Do you want to have people over more often? Do you want to whatever? Uh, go bike riding more often. And he said, more this, just more this. And we were like, oh, more Legos? And he was like, no, more at home with just our family, not going anywhere and not anyone coming over. Wow. And we were like, okay, loud and clear. Okay. Yeah. And and I love that he was able to say that. And Aaron and I like totally made eye contact across, you know, the boys' heads, like, okay, loud and clear. Yeah. What they want from us is more us, yeah. not more like, oh, I'm so glad these Legos are in color-coded bins. That helps me, you know. Like, <laughs> I they don't care. So done that. Totally. <laughs> they don't care. Last, like a minute. Yeah. Yeah. No. They don't yeah. Care. And you just and then they're mad at you because they can't find it. Yeah. They, totally. Yeah. 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 No, that's, so, that's I'm just, really good. From the mouths of babes. Right. Our house is messier than it was three years ago. (laughs) We eat uh, more leftovers than we did three years ago. I do not work out as much as I did three years ago. My publisher does, you know, I've disappointed them in all sorts of ways. I mean, (laughs) largely they're wonderful, but yeah, you know, just yesterday I I had to say like, no, I'm sorry, that article's not going to get done. No, I'm sorry. That's not, you know, like I just, uh, the rhythm of our family life is richer than it was three years ago. And I'm really thankful for that. That that's a trade-off I'm more than willing to make just setting those boundaries because Mm -hmm. as your name, probably as you're gaining in popularity, more people want things from you. And so you have to be intentional or you just go the way. Totally. And I would say, yeah, for anyone who's listening, who's a blogger, a podcaster, a writer, um, who sells stuff on Etsy, anybody who's in that like creative freelance world, there's that um, pressure to be sort of on all the time. And there's that kind of sense in the back of your head that you have to be constantly producing and constantly connecting or people will forget about you or someone else will get your opportunity. Right. Like there's this kind of fear that drives it that like I have to hustle or the whole thing goes away. Mm. And I think you have, you just have to get to a point where you say somebody else is going to write that article and I hope it does great things for their career. Um, somebody else is going to speak at that conference and I hope they feel so blessed and filled up by doing it. But we talk a lot in our community about just the nature of life is that you're going to disappoint some people. And it's just a matter of deciding who it is you're willing to disappoint. And I think for a while I disappointed my family and my neighbors and my close friends because I was just gone all the time. Mm. Uh, and, and I was just a, a star performer for conference planners and publishers and magazine editors and and college chaplains and whatever. And I realized, oh, I'm getting this wrong. Mm. I I want the best of what I have to go to my husband, our boys, our community, my extended family. And I'm more than willing to disappoint publishers and magazines and conference planners. I'm, I'm more than willing to disappoint them, but I'm no longer willing to disappoint this very small circle of people that I'm responsible to. I think that's a good lesson for anyone anywhere. You're, you're, I, I think I've, there's something I wrote about where it's like the circles, the concentric circles, you and God, you and your husband, you and your kids, you and your close family, close friends. And then out, and we spend so much energy on the way out circle of strangers on the internet totally. to the neglect of the tight circles. And so even, even you know, church things, 
you know, you've been in the church world. We can say yes to I'll lead up the women's retreat and I'll head that Bible study. And, and then you're shushing your kids around to get the house ready for the Bible study. And you're, you know, not displaying any fruit of the spirit totally in, in your study of Galatians. So I think it's a good lesson for anyone who's feeling the pull of people outside of those inner circles to, to maybe pull the reins. Let's have a chat. Let's take a second. Let's reevaluate because those other things will keep asking for your attention, like totally. a line at your door. Like they're going to just keep knocking and coming. Totally. And if you decide that you, you know, so for a while I realized you, you, you know, you go through a, a season, like I went through the last couple of years and you realize there are like a couple little buzzwords yeah. that kind of are keeping you crazy. Right. Yeah. So for me, I'm capable is one. Mm. I really want people to believe I'm massively capable. I'm like the <laughs> most capable. Oh, what's yeah. Shauna? She's capable, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was so deeply invested in people knowing me as a capable person Mm-hmm. Um, that I did and did and performed and performed and saved the day and saved the day. And all that does is make people do that more for you, right? Mm, yeah. You just become known as a person who will never say no, who will never not show up, who will never not make it happen right at the last minute. And that's a dangerous cycle to get into. Mm. Um, and so I, and the other thing I always, I have a mentor named Nancy who I just adore. And one of the things she always reminds me is like, Shauna, your life is going to look completely different in 15 years. Mm. So, you know, I knew her when I was just newly married and she had kids in elementary school and junior high. And now her kids are all graduated from college. She and her husband are empty nesters. And she always reminds me like, Shauna, there's so much time. Your life will look so different in another season. And all the things you can't fit in now, you get to do then. But this season is passing so quickly. And I'm so thankful for her voice in my life reminding me that. Like if I want to, whatever, speak a zillion times a year, I can do that when my kids are gone. But I can't do it now because it's at the expense of things I value more. Yeah, it's wise. Okay, one thing, moms, we don't, put enough time and attention to, I can admit to myself, how many bras do I own that are broken or ill-fitting or stretched out? And so when Honey Love reached out to me and they sent me uh, not only a fantastic bra that is my go-to, I tell you what, y'all, when it is clean and ready to go and in my pile of clothes to be folded, I'm grabbing my Honey Love, Love bra because there's no underwire. It's comfortable, so I'm not feeling like at the end of a long day, I'm ready to just take it off. I don't even notice. I'm not even joking. Uh, It also has this detailing, this mesh detailing at the top. I've told you all about that before. It's this crossover bra. So it has support, no underwire, but this detailing, I don't have to worry. Like if I have a lower cut top, it looks like I'm wearing a, a cami underneath. Then there's shapewear. Okay, let's talk about their shapewear. Because it's holiday season, we're going to be wearing maybe some fancier clothes than, I don't know, than I typically want to. But Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short is awesome because it has targeted compression technology. Okay, so this is what that means. It means it's not the same type of material all around your leg. So on the front of my thigh, it's less compressing than the back of my thigh. It has special, like mid-sec, like it sculpts. I don't know how to describe it. It's got this flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. It's easy to get on and off. I'm not having to work so hard to use their shapewear. I'm telling you, 
Y'all need to check out Honey Love if you haven't. Please, moms, please take care of yourself. (laughs) Please let them know that you came from us. Honey Love is like, "Um, Heather, your people aren't coming over here. And I'm like, I'm telling them about you. I'm telling them. So treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save up to 60% off site-wide at honeylove.com forward slash DMA. This month only. Inventory is limited and sale in soon, so don't miss their best deals of the year. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show. Tell them we sent you. It's time to ditch the underwire for good. Thanks to Honey Love. Another way we often neglect ourselves, moms, is in our wardrobes, and so I've I'm pretty sure you've heard of Stitch Fix. If not, maybe you've tried it and you're like, that didn't work for me. I think it's worth trying again because it is really helpful when your brain is so full of so many other to-dos and you just want to be with your people and you don't want to spend hours at a mall and you don't want to waste a lot of money is to connect with Stitch Fix and recognize that you have a stylist on your team that shops for you, that knows you, and they get better and better as you give them feedback. So the thing I love, and I've shared this before, is once you get your sizes and your faves in there and you've bought a couple things, then Stitch Fix creates almost like your own little store online. So if I'm looking for some new jeans or I'm looking for a new sweater or a dress, I go to Stitch Fix and it has curated for me what fits with my style and I can pick those things or I can say, you know what? I'm needing a whole new refresh for the fall. Will you please send me five items in a fix? And it comes right to my door. I can try them on at home. They have sizes from extra small to 3XL so you get your perfect fit. And then anything I don't want to keep, I just send right back. Shipping and return are always free. They have a thousand. I'm not just saying a thousand. They literally have over a thousand brands and styles. So no matter what season of life you're in, Stitch Fix has you covered. Some of my shoes that I wear almost, I think at least once a week, I wear my sneakers I've bought from Stitch Fix, my Veja sneakers. And then I have these boots, suede boots that I bought from Stitch Fix that I wear now we're in the fall. And I have a couple different sweaters I've gotten from Stitch Fix that I'm pulling back out for this fall. I will tell you, it is great. And you don't have to get a fix every single month. You can set it as needed. Um, You are in control. I also love to do it for my boys and get clothes for them, especially the ones who don't like going to the store and trying on a bunch of things. Thanks to Stitch Fix, they just get me. And they're going to get you too. So try today at stitchfix.com slash DMA. You'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash DMA, stitchfix.com slash DMA. Well, before we end today, I just really wanted to hit a little bit about, um, you know, your other books have been a memoir kind of style with um, bread and wine having more recipes. And then Savor is your first real devotional. Like, I don't know if y'all have seen it, but I have a copy right here and it's a verse and um, maybe two or three paragraphs and then a question at the end or a thought provoking sentence um, for every day of the year. And then lots of yummy recipes. I had curry cauliflower last night. Yum. Oh, good. So good. I've dreamed about curried cauliflower, so I was so thankful that was in there. Yay. But so what was the drive for the devotional in your whole writing journey? 
Well, there have been different points uh, along the way where my publishers have asked me uh, to do a devotional, and I've always shied away from it. And then we struck on the idea of doing it with recipes. And that was sort of the last piece to the puzzle that I needed. For And then there were sort of two reasons. First of all, in this whole journey of my own just personal spiritual life, yeah. um, feeling too busy, too frazzled, really not present to my own life, part of what has really healed me is the practice of morning devotionals or meditation kind of like meditative prayer, centering prayer, yeah. focusing either on one attribute of God and kind of sitting in silence with that. That morning devotional practice has been really healing for me just personally. It's something I grew up with and, and practiced on and off in my life, but had really fallen by the wayside with kids and travel and all that stuff. And But it was one of the things that really kind of healed me and, and mended me uh, in the last couple of years. And so when they brought the topic up again, I had a very personal spiritual connection to it mm-hmm. as opposed to it just being a project for someone else. Um, I have a stack of devotionals on my nightstand that have been really helpful for me. And so that's a different, I approached it in a different way. And then the other thing, the thing that always kind of kept me from it was I'm not, uh, I don't think the fullness of our spiritual lives happens when we're alone. I I don't think that spiritual life is one compartment of our life that happens alone with a book and a pen and a Bible. I think spiritual life happens around our tables and it happens at preschool pickup and it happens when we pray with a friend in a parking lot and it, you know, all of life, if you choose to allow yourself to see it that way, all of life is spiritual life. And so the recipes are very specifically kind of my way of saying, you know, they're about every 14 days in the book. If you get to a recipe and you realize it's been about 14 days since you've gathered the people you love around your table, the recipes are like a little signal, like, hey, it's time. Hmm. You've been doing good spiritual work alone for the last two weeks, but that's not the fullness of spiritual living. And so they're Hmm. a reminder to gather together. And that is really important to me. The I was not comfortable providing a resource for people to live uh, to try to live spiritual life outside of the context of community, the whole thing has to happen together with people and alone, with God in silence and with God in community. It's really good. And I think, again, it goes back to the whole internet thing, robbing us from it, is that, you know, we can have an online Bible study and think that that's community and it may be a way to get you in God's word, but it doesn't stop there. Like this push to gather people in your home live flesh and to touch someone, to see the tears well up in their eyes. Like that's a different thing. Than, there's just, there's nothing like it. Yeah. And it, we have, the the internet has not and cannot ever replace. I just had an experience. I went on a trip a couple of weeks ago and it was with, uh, there were 25 women traveling together, which is sort of bonkers. Um, that's a lot of Right. <laughs> Especially for like a mom of boys. Like I live in such a boy house. It was oh, like a lady yeah. trip, you know? Um, <laughs> it was awesome. But there were a couple people that I had known, and I would say I knew them fairly well in the sense that we read each other's stuff and we correspond on the internet and we're, yeah. we're friends, right? Right. I think of them in such an entirely different way, having been with them in yeah. person. Yeah. And I, I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised at how much now I'm like in their corner, advocating for them, yeah. um, telling other people about them, sharing their work because they're, because we have sat on a bus together and shared breakfast together. And it's the flesh, seeing each other's faces, hearing the tones in each other's voices. There's really absolutely nothing like it. Well, and I've always, you know, for, if you're a blogger out there, I'd always said, oh, you know, a blogging conference is the shortcut. That's the way to, if you want to like, you know, broaden your reach or 
get a network of friends, like go to a conference because you're going to touch and talk and pray and find totally. kindreds, people who love the same art, people who love God to the level that they want to write about him and draw people to him. That's where you're and some, you know, some of my strongest community is some women that I've met at a conference and we're like have a Voxer group now and we are constantly sharing prayer requests and life, which is so silly because, you know, it was the Internet that brought us together, but it was being in real life that made us friends. Oh, I think that's absolutely true. And I think yeah. the internet absolutely can bring you together, but at a certain point, a you level. sit across the table with yeah. each other. And um, I totally agree. And some of my closest friends started off as people that I met, you know, through blogging or through writing. And and now that we've been in each other's homes and we know each other's kids and we know each other's faces, that, that brings a new level to that friendship. Well, Shauna, this has been awesome. Thank you for sharing what you've learned and the journey God's taken you on to savor. Um, it's beautiful. And y'all, even the sensation of touching the book, it's like a linen-y, burlap-y. Awesome. It's just a pretty book that I already had bread and wine sitting in my kitchen. And now I can have savor right there. So I Thank love it. You. I love it. Thanks for taking the time to put it together and, um, and go love those boys. Awesome. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for rewinding it back with me. I hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and you did make some memories and were with your people. I am praying for us all to foster these authentic relationships with friends and with our family and be with person to person with people. So I'm going to pray over us as we savor this season. Lord, I thank you how you made us, how we are limited human beings. We are limited in our time. We're limited in our resources. We're limited in our capacity. And I thank you also, Lord, that you made us to be in community and to connect with others. And I pray for the person listening who is feeling lonely and isolated that you would help her take Shauna's advice and pick a couple people to invest in regularly even in, you know, maybe it doesn't start till January, but maybe uh, even this December, they take a risk and um, connecting with a couple people this month. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us simplify our celebrating so that it honors you, that we would savor what we have, the, the intangibles, the moments, the laughter, and the joy. And I thank you, Lord, for coming. I thank you for coming to this earth, for rescuing us. I thank you for bringing your kingdom here so that we can reign with you forever, Lord. And I pray that we could walk in that authority, in that relationship with you that is available because of Jesus and your precious son's name. Amen. Okay, y'all meet me back here next week. We have a couple more really great interviews coming up to finish this year strong. I am thankful for you. I've gotten some really sweet, encouraging notes this week that just keep me going. So I appreciate y'all and walking beside me. Okay, I'm going. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news. 
the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah three seventeen, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.